Welcome to another episode of Le Chiffre's Inside the Street. We're sticking with private capital here as we did last episode, this time looking at private equity and the state of leverage in the global markets. Before we jump into this episode, we're excited to announce that later this month, we will have a guest on the other line, Dr. Shi Liu, who is a CFA charter holder with award-winning research covering sell-side analysts, asset management, and equity investments. His work has been featured in several distinguished finance journals as well, so stay tuned for that. It's January 1st. Happy New Year. And I'm your host, Mickey Finella, joined by Robert Nahigian. Taking a look at credit and financing in the context of private equity firms, the amount of private capital raised through September of this year is down 14% year-on-year, and the number of funds raised is down 2%. So funds are still being raised, but the amount of new capital in the funds is down. Now, in terms of the types of these funds, VC, which we covered last week, is down with private debt and private equity making a lot more share. I see this being due to, as we had mentioned in the last episode, the headwinds that VC is facing, especially on the risk side of things with all the uncertainty that we continue to have. It's forcing money to what is typically perceived as less risk in private equity investments. Secondary funds also hit a high in fund type share as PE shops look to create liquidity for their limited partners and rebalance their capital allocation. Secondary funds being when LPs or limited partners, the investors in the fund, trade positions amongst each other. Robert, I'm curious to hear, now that we have a handle on the current financing conditions, what do you see going forward in 2024? So availability of financing hasn't really been an issue. Capital is still readily available for funds that are ready to invest. The only problem really is the cost. With private capital being more expensive, there's in some sense less competition for deals. So what's happening is with less competition, the volume of total opportunities falls, but that smaller volume of opportunities is of much higher quality for those select investors. And I think overall, with a long-term focus, the financing markets are going to be absolutely okay. And it's certainly not something that private equity firms should be worried about going into 2024. Moving from the fundraising side of things, I'd like to touch on the rest of the investment horizon and exits for a moment. Dry powder, or the amount of uninvested capital a PE firm holds, has ballooned to unseen amounts of $2.6 trillion. Again, referencing last episode, buyers in the M&A market have become increasingly selective in where they allocate their capital. I would say the main reason for this is the valuation gap that we have been seeing. We came off a long stretch of elevated valuations where it was a seller's market. They were looking for higher and higher valuations, and they were getting them. Now we have a completely different environment in terms of rates and macro indicators. The sellers, they still want those high valuations, but now they aren't getting them. Yeah, I'd like to jump in here for a second. Uh, Something to really think about here is adjusting valuations amid the volatile macro environment, right? You see the S&P up around 25% for the year, and you really have to ask yourself, is that gain justified? And the answer is really no. Interest rates haven't fallen. Geopolitics haven't settled. So, so what you're seeing over the past year is rising valuations, and you still haven't seen a significant correction in the public markets yet. And of course, some companies are doing better or worse than others, but 
something else to think about is that comparison between valuation corrections from the public markets into the private markets. And it's sort of a lack, right? And you see the macro headwinds make business operations in the private markets much more difficult. Again, some companies are doing better than others, but that's the general theme. So it's going to certainly be interesting to see how private equity buyers and their investment and strategies evolve heading into 2024 with that inevitable public market correction inbound. Sure. But in terms of bridging that valuation gap, I mean, we were at lunch the other day, you mentioned you saw it firsthand, earnouts, especially in the middle market, earnouts where the buyer pays a portion of the purchase price up front and then the buyer and seller agree on performance targets and if they're hit the rest of the purchase price is paid. Typically, you'll see this using metrics such as EBITDA as well as other agreed-upon metrics or a budget, so EBITDA can't be manipulated. But if you look at earnouts, the use has doubled in 2023, and it makes sense. A lot of risk in the market, private equity is acting risk-averse, and so to bridge the valuation gap, they're going to negotiate the deal terms to be as protective as possible, especially if the sellers aren't moving on the price. So we still have private equity firms letting their capital overhang and grow in a more selective environment, which has created massive piles of dry powder. And on top of this, you also see just a gradual evolution in the structure of deals. Let's talk exits, specifically IPOs. PE firm L. Catterton IPO'd Birkenstock back in October which had one of the worst one-day performances for a company of that size in two years. Around the same time, European firms postponed the IPOs of a German auto manufacturer and the airline Virgin Australia. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Seeing these IPOs were good news for equities, but the poor performance isn't for private equity firms. Right. So we have a sense for the conditions affecting PE deals, but we've also seen some interesting news about PE firms themselves. Isn't that right? Yeah, we actually are sort of seeing a wave of private equity IPOs. General Atlantic, Al Cadron, Ardian have all made moves with their respective regulatory agencies that indicate steps towards a public offering. There are a couple nuances to these IPOs heading into the new year. Timing, rationale. The the timing has to be right for these firms. I know CVC postponed their IPO due to just broader market volatility. However, when the time is right, the liquidity will give these firms optionality when better timers arrive. So if firms have dry powder, why the public offering? Well, if you look at these companies' stock performance, I mean, despite the slower deal-making, we've seen decently strong performance. The top seven U.S.-listed private equity firms returned double digits to shareholders over the 12 trailing month period, ending in Q3 of this year. So it appears a decent payday is on the way for decision makers if they do decide to debut. TPG is a good example of this. They had a successful IPO back in 2022 with their stock rising 15% in the first trading session. And even looking at the broader realm of alternative asset management, the funds that used to primarily focus on private equity have recently been expanding their solutions. So they're now doing private debt, infrastructure, growth strategies. They've tapped into the secondaries market and so on. And I think 
all of those new strategies have been contributing to the strong performance. That's not to say that these new solutions are emerging to make up for a lagging 2024 private equity performance. It appears the opposite. If economists are correct about a recession and elevated valuations have an inevitable correction, we're going to see PE firms not only tap into the accessible financing markets, but actually activate that rising dry powder into those essentially discounted businesses. And stepping away from those general valuation dynamics in regard to the macro environment, I would say simply just the demand for what private equity does will continue to stay strong. And the reason is companies continue to demand a value-adding investor, right? If you look at a standard company, add-on acquisitions, geographic expansion, aid in the energy transition, artificial intelligence, all of these things amid a rapidly changing and volatile market is essential for any company. And it's likely that these companies will continue turning to private equity, especially as their access to capital continues to broaden. Be sure to keep an eye out for our U.S. 2024 equity strategy episode as we host our market strategist, Dr. Chi Lu. Make sure to follow our company LinkedIn page, Le Chiffre Partners. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you have a fantastic new year. Thanks. This material is published solely for informational purposes and may not be copied or recreated in any way. This podcast is not an offer to buy or sell any investment product and takes no liability for being incorrect about events that may occur within the markets. Remember that the financial markets are subject to change and past performance is not an indicator of future results. It is important to conduct your own research and carefully evaluate any financial decision prior to acting on it. 